We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. doesn't have not too bad how about yourself uh good good um super bummed out i didn't get a chance to, to watch a damn game Arrgh! oh you so, didn't watch the chiefs game dude i had so this is on the line right so what do you do here my son's baseball game was last night Ooh. so dad of the I year am dad of the year standing in the outfield <laughs> You know, the, literally teaching the kids, you know, telling the kids what to do. The ball comes out. I, you know, they let two coaches in the outfield. So I'm out here, you know, trying to do my job, literally getting a text message from my wife in the stand saying, idiot, put your phone down, quit watching the game, and help your son. The ball just went by you. I'm like, oh. So, yeah. That's funny. I was trying That's to watch, and, and it just didn't work. It's, it's probably different than normal. Well, normally you just look on the game tracker and you just see like that long pass to Tyree Kill, and you're like, okay. <laughs> Last night it was just grinding out all these runs, like these seven, eight yard runs every time. You're like, is my phone working correctly? In it seems like we're running the football more than we normally do. As soon as we were up to bat, I could go to the dugout and I could watch and follow along. I had to keep the volume down. It was hard. You know, it's, you can't watch without listening to Mitch. So, uh, yeah. so it was hard. Uh, everybody, everybody was on to me and, and my ways of watching the <laughs> Chiefs play last night for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I, we get into it now. I appreciate you, you taking the time and joining us. I know it's probably been a crazy, in some ways, maybe an emotional week uh, for you as obviously everybody now. We're joined by uh, Clint Boyer, Kansas' own uh, and member of Chiefs Kingdom, longtime supporter. So uh, I appreciate you joining the podcast. I, I want to ask you about your week. I want to ask you about the Chiefs. Um, and I got to ask you about that KU helmet behind you as a K-Stater here, right here, especially this week as we've got the Sunflower Showdown. Uh, are you going to watch that one? Are you going to watch the KU-K-State game? Yes, I will try. I mean, I All do right. have you know, a day job and, and that day job <laughs> is the weekends. No different than all these games. That nah. That's the thing that I'm looking forward to the most. Yes. About my week. And obviously everybody knows I announced that, uh, you know, I'll be getting out of the car for, you know, giving up the helmet for a wonderful opportunity in the Fox booth and, and longevity, yeah. right? Longevity within our sport. Um, really looking forward to that opportunity to work alongside Jeff Gordon, um, mm. You know, Mike Joy and everybody at Fox. Um, crazy how it all started. Never thought in a million years that would be on my radar, you know, <laughs> after. But 
But speaking of after, that is on your radar. You know, been doing this 16 years in the Cup Series, and you start to wonder, what do you do after this? You know, you watch mm-hmm. sports, you watch, you know, football, baseball, other sports, and including NASCAR, watch uh, some of my peers over the years and heroes, um, you know, hang it up and, and, and try to figure out what's next. So those those conversations in my head started happening, you know, over the last couple of years, just naturally. I think they do yeah. as you have kids and have family and start to think uh, what, what happens after this. Um, and then this pandemic started and, and boom, there's the opportunity. Who would have thought that opportunity would have <laughs> lied right in the middle of a, it's such a you know crummy thing with the pandemic for everybody? Um, you know, our sport shut down no different than anybody, any other sport. And iRacing, here it came, you know, um, iRacing comes along. This is something that we were all just doing in the backgrounds of our, you know, careers and things like that at night. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we'd all get online and log on and start racing each other and have fun. And, <laughs> and, you know, Fox caught, caught wind of that, uh, Eric Shanks, he's the one that pulled the trigger on it. He literally, <laughs> you know, was like, Hey man, what's going on with this eye racing stuff? Looks kind of fun. Let's, you know, we kind of all pitched it and, and thought that it'd be fun to do on television because it was a void there. And he's like, why not? Let's try it. Boom. Yeah over a million viewers right off the bat. And, and that was something that really wasn't even advertised or anything else. Just some social media posts and stuff like that from my peers. And, and it really, really took off. That's where the opportunity, you know, came. Yeah. Can you explain what the iRacing, I didn't personally see it. Can you just explain what it is? Cause it sounds like obviously it was popular for the people that, uh, that saw what you guys were doing. So again, no different than any other sport. You saw LeBron James and those guys trying to play NBA, uh, NBA 2K mm-hmm. or something like that on, on PlayStation and, uh, you know, that doesn't it doesn't resonate because it's it's not using your same mechanics to, to do the job. Right. You're, you're playing a controller and, and maybe off your experience or what you would you would do with your mind. But and I racing yeah. is totally different. This is a, a it's a simulator. Um, you get in a rig and and you you run laps. And what I racing has done is they've went to all these tracks all over the country um, mm-hmm. and scanned these tracks. And hmm. when I say scan, I'm not talking just the, you know, Bud Light billboard off a of turn two. <laughs> I'm talking the track itself. Every crack, wow. every cranny, um, every banking angle, everything is scanned and put into this simulation model. And and you go out and race. And when I, when I say race, when I go to a racetrack anymore, especially like a, a Roval that we ran at, at Charlotte, um, which mm-hmm. is a very unique racetrack that we run at, road course. And it's kind of a hybrid road course. You run on the banks and you run in the infield through a, a made-up uh, road course, if you will. That being said, pre- preparation for that given weekend, we all flocked to iRacing. So that tells mm. you how in-depth and uh, you know how far it's evolved uh, with iRacing and the simulation side. Of course, Ford um, has at Ford you know, Performance, we have a big simulator down there that we all get in. It's actually a car, a rig, a center section of a car, <laughs> my seats in it, my pedals, my steering wheel, my dash, everything is adjusted That's exactly cool. the way it is on my real car. Um, but I'm, I'm just telling it how it is. That's a probably yeah. an $8 million simulator. My $5,000 <laughs> rig at, at home, I used more and, and utilized more of that um, for preparation going into to Daytona road course that we did this year, first time ever. And that Roval, 
those uh, those were both good racetracks for me. We ran really well, and it was because of my experience on iRacing. That's where I got it all. So that's where it all started. We knew that all the racers, we all use that. We do it at, at night, like I said. But in the middle of the pandemic, we decided to put it on television. The broadcasts were fun. Jeff Gordon and I were in there. I was actually in the car, <laughs> in, you know, in the race. But I had yeah. my headset on. It was part of the broadcast. And you know, he's yelling at me in the deal, do this, go high, go low, or what are you feeling? And I was trying to listen to them. I couldn't listen into my racers. I was in the way of all the racers. They're all, you know, complaining, bitching and whining, like, damn boy, what are you doing? You're all over the track. I'm like, well, hold on, I'm talking to the broadcast. Like, just hang on. So there was mass confusion, tons of fun, and that's it awesome. resonated well with the fans. And that's where it blew up, man. It was really, really cool. Very important for our sport. First and foremost, yeah. it propped us up, kept us relevant, kept our sponsors relevant. It really did. Um, all the, the partners were flocking to it in a big way. You know, some of the drivers weren't on it. They were putting a lot of pressure on the drivers. Hey, get in this thing. We need to have our our products. Um, you know, if you're, you're still wanting our money, you need to be out there racing <laughs> on Sunday just like you were in real life. It was virtual, but it was it was the real thing for sure. I want to ask you about one of the the races that you did um, because I read this uh, and I think it was the Rovo in Charlotte where the power steering went out. Um, I, can you just explain that a little bit? Somebody and full disclosure, like I don't spend, I, I, I don't follow NASCAR that religiously. I obviously follow yourself when I see it. Cause I we've talked to my old job when I was with the chiefs yeah. and now uh, to see what you're doing to read through that. It gave a different appreciation for the sport, the different things that you guys deal with inside the car. Uh, please explain kind of what happened and physically the toll that that took on you. So on road courses like the Roval, you run a power steering cooler. Um, it gets too hot, you know, back and forth and that fluid get too hot in there. Boy, so we run a cooler um, up, you know, close to the radiator on a restart. We had a really good day, stupid, you know, crazy fast at the beginning. Um, it actually rained. And it was so fun. It was something that none of us had ever done. And I drove off and, and you know, left the field at the beginning in the rain. Well, all of a sudden, it started drying up. So you start putting your slicks back on. And, and then it became strategy. Okay, when do we do that? When do we not do that? Because it was missing. It was raining. It was dry. Uh, a lot of, lot of, you know, guesswork. Because none of us had ever done that before. That being said, back to the power steering, we um, – had to pit, lost track position, and ultimately it all comes down to strategy on those. Probably wasn't the best strategy. We bobbled right there and made a mistake um, and paid the ultimate price for it. I mean, we had a shot to win. Um, you know, we pitted at the wrong time, unfortunately, and, and we all went off into turn one on the restart. Bubba got into somebody and wrecked half the field, and they all – it was right in my lap. I ran into it, and it knocked that cooler uh, line off of the power steering soon as it knocked the line off there goes all your our steering fluid the rest is history where that is way worse than you know say your old jalopy that we all grew up in high school driving probably didn't even have power steering that right. car is built and designed to not have power steering your casters your cambers your front end geometry it's designed to not have power steering through racing and you know evolution of of uh, engineering um, our cars are definitely built and designed with the mindset that we do have an aid of power steering, right? <laughs> so there's tremendous amounts of caster and camber in those things to make them turn and, and be faster performance-wise. As soon as you lose the power steering, dude, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Like at first I ran a couple laps and I was like, well, we're done. I mean, literally thinking we're going to be pulling into the garage and, and quitting. Um, 
ran four or five laps and kind of got the hang of it and started driving up back up to the, the tail of the field. And I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm going to pass a couple of these back markers here and maybe get a couple positions. But I'm also thinking as I approach them, I'm so out of control because you'd hit a bump or a flaw and you know, a curb and it would just rip the wheel out of your hands running, you know, 130 mile an hour. Probably not the safest thing to be doing out here, especially once you get up here and start passing these guys, right? (laughs) So I'm like, dude, no way. So I'm having these conversations with myself like, man, do I do do it? Do I not? (laughs) This is going to be big. Am I wreck? The caution comes out. Now I'm like, well, now I've got, I'm forced to. Now it bunches everybody back up. They're right there in front of you. Yeah. Well, I decide to go and and try to pass a guy. I've made the pass and I'm like, that wasn't so bad. So now I start mowing up through the field. I mean, we're talking like, you know, 30th to got to like 15th. And I mean, I'm sloppy, out of control. Can't hardly hold on to this thing. But, you know, you start up here. And by the time it's done, you're like, oh, man, you know, your head's like yeah. completely gassed. And I got up in the top 15. And then all of a sudden it went long, around like 25 laps. And I mean, literally out of gas. I couldn't hold on to Oof. it anymore. Started to kind of think, man, I got to give up, dude. This is going to be big. If I wreck this thing, it's going to hurt bad. And um, caution comes out again. I'm like, oh, don't do it to me. I needed the caution to get a break, but I knew what that meant because my car was still fast. But you had to be able to hold on to it. So, man, you go off in them corners, you're just like. (laughs) So I drove up and and, uh, got to 10 and, and, you know, got a top 10 out of it. But. To be able to do it without power steering was was uh, a tall order. It about it was whipped. I don't know if you saw me get out, but there wasn't another lap in me. There was no way there was another lap in me. That for somebody who doesn't follow the sport and trying to like figure out all the different dynamics and all the different things that you guys deal with to hear that kind of stuff because it's different than being exhausted in another sport and that you're in a car like you said going 130 miles an hour and safety is a thing for you and the people that are around you. So like it's a different dynamic and a different so pressure. You- you do sports. I guess how I can explain it is say you're doing push-ups or your bench, you know, you're benching some weight and and you know, you're in your rhythm, you can you're maxed out, right? You're on your your third time by and and uh um you know, maybe you're doing 20, 25 and and you're just you're literally your arms are so you're at you, you can't do another one, right? And then your buddy yeah. comes in, you look over and and you're at 25 and he did 26 and you're like come on you know and it was i was there was like four or five of those my buddies you know my teammates i passed my teammate and i'm like man i got it i got it there's no way in hell i'm gonna let him back around me so there was incentives you know throughout every pass or everything that absolutely that when you got out you were going to give that guy hell because you didn't even have power steering and you just passed him but i was out of those incentives for sure there was nothing left in the tank that's awesome. Uh, I, I do want to ask you about the Chiefs because we are going to talk about the Chiefs. We haven't had a chance to talk. We spoke last year, did a couple of interviews when I worked with the Chiefs, but I haven't talked to you since we won the Super Bowl. But I do want to ask about this because um, your last race uh, in Kansas at the Kansas Speedway was on Sunday. Uh, probably wasn't the result that you were looking for, but just from a, from a big picture standpoint and just kind of an emotional, just what the day meant to you. Um, could you just go get into that? Cause I'm sure there was a lot going through and you probably haven't had a chance to download or decompress everything, but, um, family, just everything. What did it mean to you? You know, I think, uh, and I think only, I guess probably professional athletes can, can understand this. You're so busy during a weekend. 
you know, and, and what separates our sport from others is your partners, you know, your sponsors on the side of the car, you owe it to them, you know, there's a Zoom meeting, there's, there's, you know, because of the pandemic, we're obviously, it's a different world, but you're still mm -hmm. answering that call, you know, you still got to take care of that sponsor and their needs, and it's always different. Those sponsors that are on the car this weekend, that was a huge program that we had with DeKalb. Obviously, growing up in Kansas, uh, you know, everybody's in the middle of the harvest. You're trying to reach them. Um, we were supposed to have a big thing at the track and couldn't. So now you're reaching out to individually to all those, you know, um, you know, sponsors and, and, and uh, excuse me, farmers and um, trying to touch them and make it special for them. And, and we, we sent them all. Um, packages, boxes to unload with with flags and and memorabilia hats and and the FA FFA um, was a part of that that program. So you're reaching out to kids and things like that. We had a scholarship program that was going on. So it was just so wow. many things that For you're sure. working on pre-game. Um, but you're also all right, Johnny Johnny Klossmeyer's <laughs> my my crew chief. He's firing off text messages back and forth, a uh, uh, little bits and pieces. Got through tech. Um, you know, we're thinking about pitting here. These are strategy calls. These are scenarios that are going to happen, you know, no different than anything else. So honestly, you're so busy that you don't even have time. I didn't even know that they were going to have me pace the field, you know, and that was super cool. Before the race, they they pulled me up in front of the field one last time and had me pace the field, um, you know, right behind the pace car. I had no idea they were even doing that until I got in the car and my spotter's like, hey, dude, all right, pull up in front of the pace car. I'm like, what are you talking about? So, uh, again, you're just so busy, you don't have a chance to, uh, to digest it. I got on the plane to head home and I was like, wow, that was pretty special. Very thankful yeah. for the track, for the sport of NASCAR to be able to do all those things. And then the fans. That Kansas City area uh, has meant so much to me over the years. Being able to race at Kansas Speedway, that's where my story all started. 2001, turn, uh, 2001, turn one on top of my old man's Winnebago down there, just like the <laughs> song goes, um, down there enjoying a race, you know. And, and Jeff Gordon won that race. And lo and behold, it's all over now. <laughs> going to the next chapter and, and look who I'm going to look over and see Jeff Gordon in the booth. So, um, you know, it's cool. It's been a wonderful ride, been so much fun. Um, but again, going back to that Kansas city area, nothing makes me more proud than to take our sport to Kansas city and, and know that, um, everybody's got my back there. Been a lot yeah. of fun. That, uh, that story of it coming full circle. That's really cool. That's where you, you feel like all those things coming together, like you made the right decision. I'm not comparing no. any of these things at all, but for myself and working for the Chiefs for just the past six years, even the past six games, to step out of that. And because you're so busy, and I don't think people, unless they're in it, realize how much stuff we're doing all the time, yes. that to remove yourself from that, you appreciate it so much more when you can just kind of get out of that rat race. You step back, and now I can watch the games. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old, so I get to sit and watch the games with them. And it's yep. just a completely different experience that there's things I miss about being there, but I'm gaining so much more. So hopefully every time you look over at Jeff Gordon, you picture yourself being that kid on top of the, the Winnebago oh, yeah. back in 2001. But um, I do want to ask you about the Chiefs because we haven't had a chance to get to that yet. Um, but for you in the Super Bowl, where were you watching the Super Bowl? And what story do you have to just letting everybody around you know that your team and everything that we've been through as Chiefs fans, that unless you're in it, you don't understand it, that what February 2nd, 2020 meant to you? So it was just special to grow up, you know, in Emporia down the road. And, and hey, road trips to the Chiefs games on Sunday, man. <laughs> they were awesome legendary you know and and again because of the sport that i've been involved with and, and you know we all talk about opportunities 
um, perks of the job. You know, I've, I've done <laughs> things over the years, um, with Christian Okoye, you know, mm-hmm. Neil Smith and, and all those guys that as a kid, we all grew up idolizing, you know, and next thing you know, Neil Smith's texting him before Kane Speedway. Hey, man, what's up? Or been over to the Lake of the Ozarks and Neil Smith, where are you at? You know, Christian Okoye is always uh, um, calling and, and, and texting and things like that. And that's just all surreal for me, right? Um, yeah. Next thing you know, you look over this year and here's the new flock, you know, uh, yeah. tied up next to Patrick and, and Travis and, and uh, had a good time with, uh, you know, our, our wives and girlfriends and everybody hung out. And it's just like, dude, this is so cool. Um, Brett Veach. You know, I, I met him a couple of years ago at Kansas Speedway. The man is is a genius. We all know that now. Um, I remember him coming to my bus, sitting in my bus at Kansas Speedway and telling me about this Patrick Mahomes and how he's mm-hmm. going to dominate and how we're going to go to the Super Bowl and, and whoop him. And, and I remember I can tell you two stories about Kansas City that I'll never forget. Uh, Ned Yost, same way. First year of the World Series, uh, we go to World Series game one, calls me that week, says, man, I want you here. Um, come, you've, you've been a big supporter, and, and I want you here. My brother Casey and I um, go there. I mean, we had the, the golden key, right? We went everywhere, right down, um, sat right next to him. Like, these seat, here's the dugout. That <laughs> stood right there, and Casey and I were right here. Um, talked about the whole game, but the one thing I'll never forget is he said, you listen to me right now, this team will win the World Series. If it ain't this year, it'll be next year. And I'll be damned if that's exactly what happened. That's awesome. Um, Brett Veach, same thing. Same Kansas City area, same same impactful uh, moment for, for Kansas City. And, and for somebody that lives in North Carolina and gets to go back to Kansas City, it's so neat to be able to go back you know, since that that ball got rolling with with the Royals, you know, in those mm-hmm. World Series, and now the Chiefs, you know, winning the Super Bowl of all <laughs> things, um, to see the impact that it's made, you know, uh, I I just I text Beach a, a picture when you live in North Carolina and you come to Kansas City, you get all your gear when you come back to Kansas City. You know, we're getting ready for the for the season and everything else. I'm still wearing all my old stuff. I'm like, damn it. I gotta get there, and, and we gotta go to the rally house and get nine hundred and seventy-two dollars. I walked out of the rally house. With. What? Yes, I said, "Damn it, Beach! Look what you've done to me, boy! You I, got you got another one." So, I feel like you could just make a call, Clint. I feel like you could just make a call, and you don't have to spend a thousand dollars on Chiefs gear. Hey, man, that's what it's all about. It's what you're supposed to do as a fan. That you know, there is perks of the job, but I'll save those for a, a seat somewhere, right, to watch the game. But again. Fair enough. That's what he told me, and I'll never forget Veach telling me about Patrick Mahomes going to the Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl and his dream and his vision um, and how confident he was, just like Ned Yost was with the Royals, and it happened. We uh, Those boys took us to the Super Bowl in a fact. Uh-oh. Oh, I got right you. there? Sorry. Yeah. Um, good. They took us to the Super Bowl in a fashion like no other. One of the meaningful, most meaningful things that I saw, you know, down there in Miami that was so cool is I've been to Super Bowls. The parties, the events are like no other. But this year I got to go and all the signage everywhere was red, was your Chiefs. Mm -hmm. That was the neatest thing for me is to see that Super Bowl painted with your favorite team. And and, and that was, you know, really what, what, uh, where my mind was at and, and, and caught me off guard. It didn't matter who you talked to or anything else, but I was pretty, pretty fortunate. 
Um, Jimmy John, the sandwich guy, he's a, a, yeah. a really good friend of mine from the Lake of the Ozarks. Um, Todd Crosley from Crosley Ford did everybody sees there in Kansas City. We're all buddies, and, and Jimmy invited us all to to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I was on. Uh, he's got a, a boat. It's it's not. Okay. A, let's just say it's not a dinghy. All right, it's it's a boat. It's a. Yacht. Man, you were living it up. I was stuck so in I Ubers was, the whole time, grinding out articles and podcasts <laughs> for people to listen to. That just we sitting had on the a, uh, well, hanging we out. Had, we had police escorts to the to the track. Let's just put it that way, or, or to the track, to the to the to the field. So, um, running on fumes, and that's the thing about the Super Bowl. People don't understand is all the events, all the parties that, that, that lead up to the Super Bowl. Until your team is at the Super Bowl, I can promise you this: if you go to the Super Bowl and you take it all in, the game is the smartest part of it, the smallest part of it. Yeah. Until it's your team. Oh boy. Yeah. We I'm sorry that you had to go to all those all parties. Things, all of that. And then it's Sunday, right? It's game time. And I mean, you're out of gas. There's not much left in the tank. And then, boom. I made a horrible mistake. Guy Fietti, and I hate the name drop. I hate the guy that always name drops. But a um, good friend of mine invited me to his tequila launch. That's where I made a mistake. I was, I was down. I was out of gas, running on fumes. Guy invites us to his launch. He's like, you got to be there. I need you there. We went to a tequila launch party. You know what you do at a tequila launch party? I have a pretty good idea. You drink tequila. <laughs> so we drank tequila, headed to the game. And, and um, the, again, Man. just like everybody else, we get there. We get to our seats. Fox gave me some awesome seats. But the problem was Fox is out in L.A., right? Yeah. All of these – San Francisco fans were surrounding me and I'm like, hey, God, you know, and then, and then it happened, you know, you're there, you're confident the sea of, of red with the chiefs and everything else. I'm thinking, dude, this is, this is, we've got it one before I even show up. <laughs> yeah. Not so much. And now no. I'm like, there's no way this story ends like this, you know? So, <laughs> so we're headed, uh, um, you know, we're headed uh, into halftime and I'm just, taking a beating down there and it's all these san francisco fans and here my wife and i are down there and they're getting chirpy and i'm getting mad i'm like damn it come on and then big red and his plan you know and 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 patrick and we've all seen those clips were so cool afterwards of of all the audio and how it all went down i love that aspect of what they did and how they did that but to see that momentum you know and that's what's cool about sports is you can't outrun old mo i've said that and it's the same way in nascar that momentum swing, this all it takes is one little swing, and, and it swings the other way, and the rest is history. But let me tell you something. There was a kid down there from Emporia, Kansas, in the middle of the Super Bowl, <laughs> in the middle of a sea of San Francisco fans that was loud and proud when we took the, awesome. the, you know, the lead and, and went on to win that game. It was so cool. You know, looking back at the now be the one Super Bowl that I was a member of the Chiefs and they won. So I've got those great memories. I thought I had the greatest week ever. And then you're just talking about tequila parties <laughs> and party here and party. Well, I was you were like working. You were just working, working the whole time. Although I can't say as we're sharing like cool, just fanboy Super uh, Super Bowl stories, the radio network. So they had a problem with the I've told the story before, but they had problems with like the frequencies just because there's so much media there yeah. that I was a sideline reporter for the radio network for Mitch and Dan Israel and Kendall and everyone. Well, the audio wasn't working. Like I couldn't hear. They couldn't hear me down on the sideline and they were trying to get everything fixed, but they limit the number of people that can be on the sideline. So our producer, like our A1 and our audio guys couldn't get down there to fix it. 
So they just told me like, hey, we can't do it till halftime. So you're going to be out for the halftime. Just enjoy, just be down there and watch the game. So I was literally like free reign on the sideline as a Chiefs diehard fan growing Man. up. Like, you don't have to work. Just enjoy the game from the sideline. So I, was, I had everything plugged in. So it looked like I was working. But I'm the one guy with a white jacket on the Chiefs sideline. So whenever I see the clips, I'm actually pretty easy <laughs> to find. It wasn't intentional, but uh, I'm actually pretty easy to find down there. But you mentioned, um, you know, the players of today and then the players that we grew up watching. And so I was the same thing, like, you know, Derek Thomas and Christian Okoye and Barry Ward and Kimball Anders. Like those were the guys that I remember growing up watching. The only time I've been like, or that I got like starstruck or just like, Oh my God. Like I never happened with, you know, with Clark Hunt or like Patrick Mahomes. Cause the guys are younger. You know, I never felt yeah. that just for same age, but when I saw Christian Okoye for, on the sideline for the first time, I was just like, and at that time, he's just on the side, just standing there, and people know who he is. But you know, you can go up and talk to him. But I was just like, "Oh my god!" And that was the only time I've had that feeling, Clint. I was just like, and so that was we like did my a deal a, a while back. It's been probably six, seven years ago. We did a deal with Toyota, um, where it was sports figures. You know, who was your hero growing up? And and we actually both drove the car around Charlotte Motor Speedway, and you were like. They were, we did other things, a pump pass and, you know, all that stuff. So he was mm -hmm. coaching me on that stuff and I was coaching him driving. And it was the, the team aspect of it with, I can't remember who else was it. It was obviously Toyota drivers and, and their, their heroes, but Christian Okoye came to Charlotte and did it with me. It was, awesome. Dude, getting his big butt in a race car was so funny. Um, but he did it and was fast. And, and, you know, we, I didn't do very good throwing a football. I, I think we, uh, <laughs> I think we got second but it was a lot of fun it's not bad one of uh <laughs> one of the guys i used to work with he actually runs arrowhead pride now uh pete sweeney uh was an intern here he got to play uh tecmo bowl against christian okoye when he was hooked up through the AeroVision boards inside arrowhead stadium they sat in the bleachers and he oh, played awesome. tecmo bowl against christian okoye it was the one time i was jealous of something else i was like that's freaking cool like i wanted to do that <laughs> Uh, but Clint, I, I do want to ask you about this year's team. We talked about the Super Bowl team, talked about this year, this week, Le'Veon Bell obviously being the big news, and then Andy Reid just flexing on everyone, saying you thought the offensive line was the issue, you thought the running game was the issue. We're just going to run for 245 yards with everybody else. Uh, what have you thought about this particular team? How much fun is it just to have this kind of follow-up season to a championship season, knowing that we're going to be good for a while? I'm no different than anybody else. You know, I grew up, we all covered that. We all grew up watching this team and, and evolve and get close, oh, so close, get to the playoffs, get knocked out. That was our story, right? It's yeah. so neat and, and prideful to, to know that we're the looked at. We're the ones, you know, no different than our sport. I compare it to, to racing a lot, and, and there's nothing more fun than when you're on your game and your team is on your game and, and you check all the boxes knowing that the competition – is doing nothing but watching your every move. That's where I feel like the Chiefs are right now. They are the ones everybody's watching. Everybody's learning from them. Everybody's studying them and trying to duplicate them. Um, Andy uh, Reid is is just so much fun. You want to pull for him. I think it's, uh, you know, Clark and, and everybody, they did a great job. Look at the job they've done. Life's all about people. Success is all about people. And they are, are the depth and, and the Chiefs organization right now is, is deeper than anybody out there. They're going to be good for a long time because of their depth. They'll be over the course of the years. There's, you're going to have to give up one to get one. And, and because of your depth, you're going to afford that uh, opportunity. Um, they, they've lined it up like no other, you know, and it all hubs around. You got to have that quarterback. 
and and we've yeah. got one that's better than 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 any of them, uh, and maybe in his the history of the sport. Um, mm-hmm. But again, when you have those good players and you have those championship caliber players, everybody else flocks to them. Everybody else wants to be a part of that. Le'Veon Bell, that's another prime example. You know, um, yeah. make no mistake <laughs> about it. He wanted to be with the Chiefs organization yeah. because yeah. it was good for him as well. Um, that's what's going on with the Chiefs, and it's going to happen for a long time. And we're all. Um, you know, very fortunate to, to ride this, this, uh, you know, ride with them. Um, I can't wait till our season's over so I can get to Arrowhead. <laughs> there is nothing neater than Arrowhead. I race in some cool stadiums. Bristol Motor Speedway is like Arrowhead, you know. Um, that yeah. feeling as a competitor walking in there with that sea of fans just on top of you is like no other. But my experience at Arrowhead, I don't like going and working. I don't want to go and do interviews or anything else. I, I want to go just like I did in high school or, or shortly thereafter when we got out as buddies and all road tripped it up there, tailgated. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, and, and took that game in and, 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 you know, had celebrated afterwards on the way home. Like that's what my chiefs experience is all about. I love going there. I love tailgating still to this day, the same guys that tailgated when I was there, they're just older. They haven't changed. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, dude, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like um, that's awesome. My next door neighbor, Doc Miller, he's the uh, he's the um, he's the eye doctor, and then uh, Tim Harris, he's the cardiologist in Emporia. Those guys still throw down every <laughs> single Chiefs game. I mean, this guy has a red Chiefs suburban. He drives daily driver. It's it's a Chiefs truck. Um, that's awesome. You know, that's that's how. I grew up and, and uh, love taking on those those or taking in the Chiefs games and going to Arrowhead. There's nothing like it. Yeah, I uh, I bought tickets for the family because one of the big things for me, like I grew up going to the games with my dad. That was our thing. We had season tickets. Is that you know leaving the Chiefs and not work for them where I get to take my family to a game and with COVID we weren't sure if we we're going to do that. The other day, once we signed Le'Veon Bell, I'm like screw this. So I bought tickets to the Jets game. I'm like we're going to the Jets game. I told my wife after I did like we normally have rules like you spend a certain amount of money you let the other person know. I went way past it. I was like I bought tickets. Like we're going to the Jets game November first. <laughs> like tailgating the whole deal. So I cannot wait to take my family to that game. And Clint, thank you so much for your time. Before we let you go, I do have to thank our sponsor in Jack Stack Barbecue and somebody who's been around Kansas City. Everybody's got a Jack Stack Barbecue story. What is your Jack Stack Barbecue story? It's always the last one. It's the best one. When I left Kansas City, I had my tail between my legs. The driver messed up and restart, knocked the front fender off of it. The rest is history. Got a bad finish. Run decent, but um was bummed out got on that airplane looked over my boys had jack stack all oh, ready cool. for me man that's we amazing. jack stack all the way home so that fixed i didn't it even all. know that that's Nothing. amazing jack stack is my number one go-to they do good stuff obviously everybody loves their food but they're doing great work too with our pay it forward we've talked about that on this show but clint boyer thank you so much for your time let's stay in touch if the chiefs go back to the super bowl i should say when the chiefs go back to the super bowl expect a text message because you seem to have a pretty good time while you're down there but man (laughs) thank you so much for your time good luck uh for the rest of this season and obviously as you transition uh into the media side of things and uh, give a different look you're going to be one of those people now going to the other side right (laughs) all right man appreciate your time we'll talk soon thanks bro this is the story of the one 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.